Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Josiah Smith, filling in for Ben Blakey. It's Friday, December 2nd, 2022. 1 John is perhaps one of my favorite books in all of the New Testament. And in fact, 1 John has a very special place in my heart because this was the very first book that I had the privilege of preaching through verse by verse, beginning to end. So I love the book of 1 John. I've really been enjoying reading through this again over the last several days. But what I want to do is just give you some extra background and some extra context for why John, the Apostle John, wrote this letter. There's many purpose statements that he gives, things that he says, I write these things to you because, and the main one comes from 1 John 5.13. He says, I write these things to you because I want you to know that you have eternal life. He wants to give his audience a sense of confidence and assurance that they truly are saved, that they know what it means to experience the love of Christ. But to even understand the backdrop of that, we have to understand some context that's going on. If you think back to chapter two, this almost sets the stage for what's happening and what we're reading today, chapter four, what's going on is there is what's known as a church schism or a church split. There was individuals within this local congregation. We're not exactly sure who they were, but there was individuals that were teaching and propagating false doctrine specifically about Christ. They were teaching things that weren't true. They were denying fundamental things. And in fact, that's why John says in 1 John 4, test the spirits. We want to make sure that the teachings and the things that we are hearing are truly of God, because there was this group of people that were teaching things that were false. And so we don't know who these individuals were. We don't know how involved they were, how significant they were in this community, but we can safely assume that when they left, it was confusing. And that's why John even says in 1 John chapter 2, they left. They went out from us because they weren't of us, because if they were of us, they would have remained among us. But there's this reality in which these individuals leave and in their wake, they have just said a bunch of things and taught a bunch of things about Christ that weren't true. And so the people that were left behind are confused and I would imagine are in this place of of hurting. And so what does an apostle, a pastor do? What does he say to a hurting church and a hurting church? People. That's really the, the backdrop of what we are studying in the whole book of John, First John, but even especially in First John chapter 4. What does he say to a hurting church and a hurting people? What is the message? Well, what John focuses on, and it might be surprising, is actually love. See, love is mentioned over 46 times in the book of First John. Now, that might not seem like a lot, but there's actually only five chapters in First John. There's 105 verses. So if if you took all of those occurrences, all 46 times the word love is mentioned, and you spread them out equally amongst the entire book, I know that's not how it works, but for sake of argument, let's say you took the 46 times that love is mentioned, and you spread it out across the entire book, love would be represented every two and just shy of a quarter verses all throughout 1 John. This is a primary theme all throughout the letter. For a hurting church, a confused church, a church that John is trying to give Give them a sense of confidence and assurance that they are loved by God. Even chapter three, see what kind of love the father has given to us that we should be called the children of God over and over and over again. Love is mentioned. It's a theme. It's meant to give them confidence and assurance and to know that Christ truly 
loves them, that God loves them. And he demonstrated that because he sent his son. In fact, in 1 John chapter 4, that's our chapter today, verses 7 through 12. That's exactly what John says. He starts off in verse 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. Now, all throughout this letter, again, he's trying to answer the question, how do you know that you are saved? Well, one of the main ways that he says that you can do that is, do you love? Ask yourself, am I loving in the way that God has designed and intended and commanded me to love? If the answer is no, first John and John would say, man, maybe there's some cause for concern. Even verse eight, anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. See, in the apostle John's mind, love is so central to the cross, so central to the message of Christ that if you yourself don't demonstrate love in your life, love for other brothers and sisters in Christ, there is a real reality in which maybe you have experienced the love of God yourself. Well, he goes on in verse nine and says, in this, the love of God was made manifest among us. This is how God chose to display his love. This is incredible that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. The ultimate act of love. He goes on in verse 10, in this is love. Not that we have loved God. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. We were enemies with God. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, the payment for our sins. And then he goes on in verses 11 and 12. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. God is revealed in and through our love for one another. This is incredible. John is saying this to a church that is confused and hurting. They had these people that were a part of their local congregation and fellowship leave. And he's saying, I want you to know that God loves you. In this, the love of God was made manifest. It was expressed to the fullest extent. God sent his only son into the world so that you could live. And because of that love, because you were first loved by Christ, you must now go and love likewise. Because those who have received love go are freed up to go and be loved, to show love. That's one of the central themes of First John. And what's incredible about this love is that this was planned long before John ever penned these words. In fact, in Ezekiel chapter 34, this love is clearly demonstrated and it is clearly shown through the words of the prophet Ezekiel. It says this in verse 11, for thus says the Lord God, behold, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. Now, in Again, the context for Ezekiel, uh, there's a lot of idolatry going on. There is a lot of people, the nation of Israel, uh, rebelling against God and really breaking their covenant with them. But God says in his faithfulness and in his love, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord. Does that sound familiar? Psalm 23, the, the good shepherd. He goes on and says, I will seek Seek the lost, and I will bring back the straight. I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak and the fat and the strong. I will destroy. I will feed them in 
justice. This love was planned all along. This was a love that God intended to display in and through his son from eternity past. That's what Paul says in Ephesians chapter one. In before the foundation of the world, God predestined us for adoptions as son for adoption as sons or daughters in Christ Jesus to the praise of his glorious grace. He lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, the mystery of the gospel of Christ, this love that God intended to pour out that to make manifest among us in and through his son. Well, how did he do that? I mean, that's what Ezekiel 34, 23 and 24 says, and I will set up over them one shepherd, one shepherd. This is foreshadowing Christ. This is talking about the Messiah. I will set up over them, the people of Israel, one shepherd, my servant, David, and he shall feed them. He shall feed them and be their shepherd. Now, remember, in the main service a couple of weeks ago, I was preaching on the book of Ruth, and we talked about that prophetic pattern of God taking those who are empty and making them full in Christ. Here's just a, another example of that. The servant that would come, the one shepherd, what is he going to do? He's going to feed his sheep. He's going to make them full. He's going to be their shepherd. And verse 24 says, and I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David shall be prince among them. I am the Lord. I have spoken. This is a sure reality, one in which we, as New Covenant, New Testament believers, are the recipients of the, the, the active love of God. God loved us so much that he sent his son to die for us. This is an incredible love. It's a covenant love. It is a love in which takes us in our emptiness and makes us full in Christ. And so today, I want you to be comforted and amazed by the love of God. I want you to understand that God God has lavished upon you. If you have believed in Jesus Christ and placed your faith and trust in him, he has given you the most intense, the most intentional, the most profound love that you could ever experience in and through Jesus Christ. It was an active love. It was a love in which God, from the very beginning of the Bible, Genesis chapter three, it was promised and God fulfilled that reality. He loves us by sending his son. And how do we respond to that? We respond first and foremost by repentance and faith. But then after God has saved us and rescued us, we continue to respond in that love and out of that love by loving others, by being gentle, by showing the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, and kindness, demonstrating for others what we have been given in Christ Jesus and the gospel message. Friends, today, I want you to be amazed by the love of God. I want you to be comforted by the love of God. This was the plan. This was the, the purpose that God had to send his son, his only son, whom he loved to die for you because he loves you. And friends, we can enjoy that love. We can experience that love here and now. Eternal life, even in the Gospel of John, it begins now, and we will continue to experience it all the way into eternity. And that, my friends, is cause for celebration. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church, Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.